Hi, you're listening to the Prophetic Pulse Podcast, a ministry of the Life Church Network. This podcast is designed to keep you informed on current events, to help you understand the prophetic heartbeat of the Holy Spirit and how it relates to your life today. Here, you will receive fresh insight and biblical revelation to inspire and empower your walk with Christ. Now, here are your hosts, Pastors Randy Rice and Curtis Hill. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Curtis, how are you doing, brother? I'm, I'm doing great. Day nine. Day nine. Fire and glory. Nine yep. days into the year already. Can you believe it? Praise God. And I've been having the best time, Curtis. Jesus has just been, you know, sometimes he just tickles your funny bone. He just gets you so full of joy. Doesn't matter what you're facing. Uh, the joy of the Lord isn't based on your circumstances, right? And so I've just been having the best time. And, uh, you know, I know what's happening in our world and I know the junk that's going on. But aren't you glad, Curtis? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. And it is. It's powerful. Uh oh. Curtis, you're on, you are, you are on mute. I don't hear you. Sorry. I'm at the control panel. We're making this way more complicated than it needs to be. So sorry if you see me like going all over the place trying to do a bunch of stuff, but no. this is turning into like a full, we need a full TV studio. Yes. People to give millions of dollars so we can build a TV studio. <laughs> I don't know about that, but once we get our TV studio, we'll get our private jet. Oh my goodness. No. Now, see, that's when that's when people say, "Uh oh, uh oh." <laughs> no, I know you're kidding, but I tell you what, it's the Lord spoke to me. Said the harvest is online. It, many people are they're not even attending churches anymore. The harvest is online. People are watching around the world, and we need to become even more aware and conscientious of the people that are watching and and pastor them, love them, teach them. And, and, you know, uh, the Lord is he's speaking to us about that. So we want people to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Life Church Westchester. It's growing. So we want you to subscribe. We feel like it's very, very important in this hour that what we said, what we're saying is so relevant. We're hearing fresh things from God. Um, last year, our book, You Shall Find Rest, our devotional 21 days. Hold that up, Curtis. Where is that? Hold that book of that. No, that's celebrate. That's this show. Oh, sorry. I'm Keep both obviously of them. Keep I'm both not them. listening to what you're saying. <laughs> you shall find rest. Wait, a, here we go. Gotta get it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And this year our devotional uh celebrate. Man. Yeah. Ooh, I like those soundtracks. That scared me almost. Sorry, uh, maybe it's way too loud. It's probably no, freaking everyone no, out at home. I'm, I'm just teasing you. Uh, but we had, we've had people writing us about both of them, and uh, they just love the solid teaching, the comfort that it brings, and the insight to God's Word. So thank you guys for going on Amazon and getting that. Give us a great review on that because we want to make those tools, those books, those devotionals, evangelistic tools, evangelism tools. We want to disciple people. 
um, a lot of people don't have pastors, you know, they just kind of freewheel it, you know, and they need to be connected. And if they live in Cincinnati, come to Life Church. If you live in Dayton, then go to our good friend's church that's our guest tonight, Eric Smith, Pastor Eric Smith. You want to bring him in? Let's bring him in right now. Pastor Eric Smith, Destiny Church, Dayton. How you doing, my brother? I'm doing so good, my friend. I love those sound effects. It's like somebody yeah. just got Oracle status or something. <laughs> well, let's, do clap. let's do a clap. Let's do a clap track. Oh, we got to do a clap for him. I'm not. Yeah, do a clap. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> now, this, this sound is the sound that I hear every time I receive a prophetic word. <laughs> yeah, Oracle status. There you go. <laughs> can, we, can we do that, that background? Uh, celebrate song and hold the book up. Do do celebrate. Oh, yeah. I'll turn it up. Turn it up. Not loud enough. There you go. Now switch hands. <laughs> All right. Now I just feel like a dancing monkey. Uh, oh no! no, everyone. no. Oh, we're just having a great time. You know. Like I said, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and out of joy comes happiness. Out of joy comes laughter. There's a lot of fruit out of joy, and we have a lot to be happy about. You know, Jesus is on the throne, and we, you know, we've come through uh, some time uh, here, uh, uh, and we're approaching some uh, real tests for our nation, tests for the church. And one of those tests I've found, Curtis and Eric is um, the testing of prophecy. And Eric, you, you've written a, 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 an article that's on your Facebook page, and I encourage everybody, if you want to, to follow, and you want to, believe me, Eric Smith. And uh, you, you spoke about and you wrote about um, how we are, how Paul the Apostle uh, spoke about prophecy and how we are to test prophecies and hold to what is good. So let me ask you a question. And you gave us three points there. I want you to share those scriptures because there's a lot of people that have questions about did the prophets miss it about President Trump's second term? Or in my estimation, is there something we're not understanding about the prophetic, about prophecies? or about the prophet. Um, so come on in and just kind of share a little bit and we'll, we'll ask some questions, but sure. um, just share a little bit about what was on your heart when you wrote that article. Yeah, absolutely. Curtis and Randy, uh, great to be with both of you guys tonight. It's an honor to uh, share the screen with you. If you hear any screaming in the background, my grandkids are going through some pain of some type, but um, <laughs> you know, awful. <laughs> you know, it's become increasingly clear to me that there's been a lot of bad teaching over the years. And I grew up in Pentecostal church, Pentecostal environment. There's been a lot of bad teaching on prophecy. And uh, typically it has come down to the fact if somebody misses a prophecy, uh, people falsely assume, well, they're a, a false prophet. I can't listen to them anymore. And mm -hmm. that is the furthest thing from the truth. And I heard, I heard several saints say things like that. Uh, that, you know, I don't know if I can trust a prophetic word anymore. I don't know what I think about prophecy. Uh, does this mean so-and-so needs to be stoned? 
and and you know they're referring to mature prophetic voices who some of them I'm good friends with and I know that they are lovers of Jesus and lover of the Lord and a lover of the church and I thought you know there's got to be uh, some clear teaching on the prophetic because uh, we tend to have uh, a tendency I guess you could say to throw the baby out with the bathwater uh, many times in the area of prophecy uh, we'll we'll endure the bathwater and every other forum, but if it comes to prophecy, then it's like, ah, oh, just chunk it all. We won't allow any of that in our church, and we're not going to ever listen to any prophet again. So I, I wrote that because I felt the Lord stirring me that uh, it's crystal clear in the New Testament that prophecies, New Testament prophecy, Paul says we have to weigh it. We have yeah. to We have to chew on it. We have to take the good and then spit out the bad. And we have examples of that even in the New Testament, of course, with, as I mentioned earlier, we were talking the prophet Agabus, you know, he had mm-hmm. a he had a couple of details that weren't exactly correct. He had the prophecy overall right, but some of the details weren't right. right. And, you know, he wasn't labeled a false prophet. Right. And uh, in the New Testament, we prophesy from grace. And we also, 1 Corinthians 13, 9 says we prophesy in part. So, you know, sometimes we don't have the full picture. We have pieces. And that's why Paul says, weigh prophecy, test it, keep the good. Uh, My good friend Tim Enlow says, you know, that sometimes he likened it to in the summertime when you're out working in the yard and you're real thirsty and you don't want to go in the house because you got, you know, mud on your feet or whatever. You get the garden hose and you turn the garden hose on, you get some nice refreshing water, but it tastes a little like the hose. Yeah, <laughs> and he said that's kind of how prophecy is. Sometimes you get a you get a flavor of the individual, uh, but you're getting water. But sometimes some people can get in the flesh. Sometimes Jeremiah twenty uh, twenty one and twenty three it says that we can prophesy our own desires. Yeah, um, it doesn't make us a false prophet. So I wanted to introduce some ideas that clarified for people if somebody misses it uh, and they repent, uh, we should embrace them back. And Absolutely. not uh, not put that label of you're a false prophet. I can't listen to you anymore because that that's completely non biblical. Eric, let me let me. So before you get into those three points because they're so good, and, and Curtis, you can jump in anytime. The scripture that you use as your foundation is from First Thessalonians five twenty twenty one, and isn't that interesting? Twenty twenty one. That's the year that we're in, and this is. It's another, there's another scripture in 2 Chronicles 2, 20 and 21 uh, that Curtis and I have been landing on. And so this is just not a coincidence, I don't think. But this is what it says. It says, despise not prophecy. That's, that's what I don't want to happen for people. People despising it, saying, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to believe in it because they didn't get this right or that right or that wrong or this piece right. But he says, test everything and hold fast. Hold fast to what? What is good? He doesn't say he doesn't say beat people up because of the bad. He just says, hold fast to what is good. And so you you've really brought this out with three powerful points. And the second one is so wonderful. But I want you to share with us these three points and we'll we'll stop and discuss each one as we go. I wanted to say really quick before you go into that as well about like what you said about the garden hose. I love that. I have kind of a similar analogy where it's, I've always likened it to 
making coffee. So every one of us has our own flavor. And when the living water comes and rushes through it, it creates a certain flavor. But the Lord in his wisdom knows who to choose to give a certain word. Like he knows your personality. He knows the things you've been to. He knows your education and your knowledge and what you've gone through. And he will give certain people words because he knows they will be able to explain through language. Cause you know, the language of heaven isn't just speaking English, you know, you can get it in so many different ways. And so he needs to be able to pick the right people to communicate it in a certain yeah. way in order for the faith one to be involved in it. And then for the word to just come off clearly. Um, so I really loved what you said about that, that just the garden hose. Cause I totally agree with that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. You know, obviously we want to get so that we eliminate as much of the flesh as we can, but, <laughs> but isn't that the pursuit of everyone? So not only uh, Curtis and Randy, does does Paul say, don't despise prophecy, which is a huge statement in and of itself. 1 Corinthians 14, 5 says that we are to pursue the gift of prophecy. Paul said, I want you all to prophesy. So if anyone says, well, I, you know, I don't know about that prophecy stuff. My, my question is, are you prophesying yourself? Are you seeking to do that? Because that is the mandate from scripture in the New Testament that we all prophesy. So just to give the genesis of this, obviously, uh, you know, I have some friends you do, you guys do as well, uh, well-known prophetic voices that had prophesied Trump, uh, President Trump would be reelected for a second term. As it's looking today, right. uh, you know, things could change, but as it's looking today, that is not going to happen. So uh, I know a couple of people that are my friends have already published an apology and said, okay, I missed it. Um, I apologize for that. And then there was the backlash, uh, people saying, well, I don't know, you know, if I could ever trust a prophetic, you know, word again. So what I wanted to do is bring some balance. And that was the first point of my article is don't fall into the camp of saying, I'll never listen to a prophetic word again. And part of the, my reasoning is we don't put that standard to preaching. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, us, us three men on this screen, we all preach the gospel and, and we get under the anointing and we preach, but we, if we're being honest, there are times that we say things that we want to go. I know I, that happens to me. I have to go back and retract and say, that wasn't right. That's not what I meant. Or maybe I said it and the Lord's checked me on that. But we don't have that same standard for preaching or teaching. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we're less anointed. It doesn't mean we're not good teachers. Just mm-hmm. like a prophet. A prophet might miss one. It doesn't mean he's not prophetic. It doesn't mean he's false. It just means like us as preachers, hey, we missed that one. Yeah. We got that wrong. So yeah. we again, we just we have this unreasonable expectation up here for a, a New Testament prophet. And then we have the, the pastors and teachers down here. And, and these brothers and sisters have to clear this hurdle up here. Mm-hmm. And here we got this little standard here. So <laughs> it, it, it's all about bringing it back to biblical, right? Here, here we are. We're all human. Uh, we all make mistakes. We're doing our best to hear from the Lord. So, so never despise prophecy and certainly never say, well, I'm not going to listen to any prophetic word again. That would be really, that would be like saying, I had a terrible steak last week at this certain restaurant. So I'm never going to eat a steak again in my life. That would be really stupid to say that. So Eric, this begs the question and here it is. I think this is the crux of it. And it takes us right into the second point. What? makes a false prophet because they're there. 
And the Bible tells us what false prophets are, Old Testament and New Testament. And you made it very clear. And I want people to hear this. Yeah, the Bible makes it clear, really starting in, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 13, uh, and there's other places as well. But God outlines what a false prophet is. It's not just somebody who misses a prophecy. It is somebody who misses prophecy on purpose to lead people away from the worship of, of Yahweh. So it would be really hard for someone, a Jesus-loving, Jesus-serving prophet, to to prophesy something, miss it, and the purpose was, ha, 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 I'm trying to lead them away from Christ. I want them to serve Baal. That is not uh, that is not the motive of most New, Pre- New Testament prophets I know. But there are prophets, and they're not filled with the Spirit of God. They're filled with the Spirit of Satan, yep. and they are speaking today, and they're trying to draw people from the church. They're trying to draw people from their faith in Christ. They're, they're, they're trying to diminish the goodness of God and the greatness of God and, and cause doubt in the kingdom those are your false prophets today. Now, we have this infighting in the church where people want to accuse other denominations. It's just nonsense. If you miss a prophecy, you're not a false prophet unless you were intentionally trying to get people to worship another God other than Yahweh. Amen. Amen. That is so good. And see, these types of um, uh allegations, if you will, almost accusations, accusing the brethren. We got to get away from that because there's plenty of false prophets. And and the Lord spoke very clearly to me about the false prophets of media and big tech. I mean, if ever, if ever they, there are false prophets today, it is them. And oh, they get on their sanctimonious high horse and condemn Christians. If, if we, uh, do anything wrong, but they stay in the wrong track and they lead people astray. That's why I tell you, do not listen to the false prophets of media and big tech and the soothsaying Democrats, because the soothsaying Democrats will use the scripture all to lead you astray. I mean, they're leading people astray like crazy. I mean, I heard that one of the most popular Christian artists just now, rapper, was was campaigning down in Atlanta for a socialist uh, baby killer, Warlock, I mean Warnock. Uh, this is a Christian campaigning for somebody that believes in, he's a, and, and Warlock, I mean, Warnock is a pastor. That's not a pastor. That's a false prophet. I think that's a false prophet because it's leading people astray. Uh, I don't, the color of your skin doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to God. Why should it matter to me? Truth matters. And when people are leading others astray, that to me, and that, that contradicts the nature of God on the, on the prophecy of Trump, did God, does God want Trump to be president? You better believe it. God chose him. God spoke to the prophets. They heard it. And that those prophets that we know, they tremble at the word of God. These other prophets, they don't care. But, but the ones that we know tremble at the word of God. And, and so I don't know what's going to happen in the next few days. I don't know what's going to happen after Inauguration Day. But I know what God told me. He said, Randy, tell the people not only to pray up to Election and Inauguration Day, but beyond it. I, don't, I didn't know why, but now I see it. So, so, Eric, it's such a good point. Curtis, jump in here. I know you have some thoughts. Well, yeah, I, uh, 
I was thinking of, I think it's in Hebrews, correct me if I'm wrong, where it talks about a spirit of Balaam. And um, we, we know the story of Balaam where he first started prophesying the word of the Lord, but it wasn't what the person he was prophesying to wanted to hear. Mm. So then he was persuaded with money and with that, you know, kind of controlling, manipulating uh, corrupt power. Um, and so it then persuaded him to say, you know what, I'm going to give the word that the king wants to hear or the general, I can't remember who it was that he was prophesying to, but he said, you know, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give him the word that he wants to hear in order to one, either receive this income or, you know, not be killed probably for one. But a lot of people think that that a spirit of Balaam just means, you know, you're going around prophesying so you can get a bunch of money. And that's true in a sense. But we also see that that Saul, when he was going to find his donkey, they decided we're going to bring silver to the prophet and pay him to help us find our donkey. And so you see kind of these two different areas where one, a false prophet is doing it out of greed and the other a false or a true prophet is doing it out of a service to someone. And then we know the prophet ends up anointing Saul and he becomes king. And so I just wanted to point it, point that out because a lot of people are going around right now and they're saying, you know, it's a spirit of Balaam. And that's not the case unless someone is just specifically going around telling people what they want to hear so that they can build their ministry, get their money and, you know, make good. their car payment or whatever. So good. So, so Eric, that brings us to the third point. It's so good. Let me, let me just read a part of this. We're talking about do not despise prophesying. Why? Because we see in part uh, and so many good points so far, but this third one, I do, this is what people say and they start doubting the prophetic. And when you doubt the prophetic, it can cast doubt on God. It does. People will say it doesn't, but it can and it will. And of course, our prophetic always lies with the word of God. We know that the prophetic has to match the word of God in the sense of the nature and the character of God, as well as the word of God itself. But this is what you say in the third point. I don't know what to think about the prophetic now. And so, and that's what people are saying. Many Christians, because all the prophets prophesied. Uh, so Eric, explain that a little bit. Give us some of your insight. So the genesis of that is people that don't know what to think about it probably weren't thinking correctly about it in the first place because the, the correct mm. about biblical prophecy is I'm going to test every word. In mm. other words, it, it, it'll come out and there may be some things that need to be checked, some things that need to be confirmed, some things that may, may need to be tossed out, and you keep the good. And yeah. the second part of that is with that, I'm supposed to pursue the gift of prophecy. So what do I need to think about prophecy? Well, I need to prophesy myself. I, I need to be used of the Lord in that gift, encourage, edify, uplift the body with, with prophetic words. Um, and then also when prophetic words come forth that are of the predictive nature, like someone in the, in the office of a prophet or the ministry office of a prophet would do, uh, we'll weigh it. We'll test it. We'll see, is this God? 
Um, you know, there's some people that that read Jesus's words where he says in the New Testament, in the last days, false prophets will come. And they read that to say, in the last days, all prophets will be false. That is that is completely, <laughs> right? Not, not correct. That's uh, correct. Jesus... For Jesus to say, hey, there's going to be false prophets coming is is a warning to say there's a lot of real prophets around. There's a mm. lot of the genuine, but the end times you're going to have to watch because there's going to be an infiltration of the false. And mm. Jesus described those false. I, I, I guess I'm kind of recapping a little bit earlier, too, but Jesus described false prophets as wolves in sheep's clothing. Again, intentionally want to divide, intentionally want to pull people away from Christ. Yeah. So. If you don't know what to think about the prophetic, we just got to get back into what the word says. The Bible says that we've got to grow in the prophetic. The Bible says not to despise prophecy. The Bible says that we weigh and we uh, test prophetic words. And here's the key, and this would be a word for pastors. We have to create those prophetic environments in our churches where yeah. people can grow in the prophetic. If you're tired of flaky prophetic words, teach on it. <laughs> Train people. Let people take a swing and miss. Woo! We have a format once a week where we do this on Wednesday night where we have a prayer meeting. And if somebody has a prophetic word or feels like it's a Lord, we say, hey, we lower the bar tonight because we want you to take a faith risk. We want you to, if you feel the Lord is speaking to you, uh, come up and, and share it. And if you go off the rails, we'll lovingly put our arm around and say, I'm sorry, I think you missed it there. And we'll probably do it privately as not to embarrass you. But it doesn't have very often either. It doesn't. It doesn't. So where is the format in the modern church, for the most part, where people can grow in the, where they can take a risk, where they're in a, a Holy Spirit hot box environment, where they're encouraged to hear from the Lord and test out what, what you know, what the Lord is saying to them. Yes. So, you know, we, I guess we've got it down. The only, the only place most church people are allowed to hear from God is through their pastor in a sermon or mm. in the Bible. And we we neglect the voice of the Holy Spirit. We don't allow for people to grow and listen to the whole, even though we say, listen to the Holy Spirit. How do I do that? Well, you grow in the prophetic. <laughs> That's how you do it. You grow in your listening skills. Yes. This is so good. So good. Um, and, and you say here, it's, it, it's really good. It says, um, John Wimber used to say, the only prophetic word God is obligated to fill is in the Bible, that is true. But he also, as we know, and what you were just saying, he inspires people. And what does it say about prophecy? Prophecy is used to comfort people. It's used to edify people and to give instruction to people. And that's the prophetic today. It isn't just predictive, it is comforting as well and edifying. So. Um, uh, Curtis, jump in here in a minute, but you go on to say, don't despise prophecy, test every word, keep the good ones. And isn't that true about everything in life? <laughs> I mean, really? You know what I mean, uh, Eric? Yeah, I, I tell you what, I, I'm just uh, my heart is really stirred, and and I just want to I want to add that you know I believe in being accountable in the prophetic. I believe we need accountability. 
I appreciate the brothers who who've come forward and said, "Hey, I re- I repent of of not hearing it correctly." Um, but I think we need to apply that all the way around. Uh, I think we we need to be accountable for for what we preach, what we teach. I think that that goes yeah. all around the horn. But mm-hmm. I think the big thing is it concerns me, uh, Curtis and Randy, is that. I feel like if we're not careful, we're going to let these little things become offenses where we will totally shut down uh, the prophetic or we'll shut down the supernatural and we'll become offended and then we'll move into that despising prophecy. And I think, to be honest with you, there's a lot of people and maybe pastors, too, that are there where they won't say I despise prophecy, but but do you allow it? Mm. You know, do you allow the gifts? No, because, you know, we've had a negative experience with that. And I think, well, you know, I've had negative experiences with taking offerings. I've had people write checks that bounce, but that doesn't stop me from taking an offering. You know, we still, we somehow, we're able to get over that one, aren't we? We're able to over, we'll overlook that bad experience there, right? Because it's money. But we want to, we want to go to seed on these other things. And again, it screams for the shepherd, the pastor to do their job. Our job is to teach. We don't kick people to the curb. We don't, you know, we don't chastise and, and, you know, leave our presence. You missed it. No, man, we take people under our arms. We teach, we train, we love, we encourage Uh, that that's, that's what a pastor should do. And that's what we really need our pastors to do. Uh, to train people in the prophetic and under and really understanding the prophetic. Yeah, I think a lot of it is that they, they it's it's about control. Uh, and you know, we don't want to control people. We want to release people. We want to free them. Curtis. Well, yeah, and you have. I understand where it is coming from because there were times, and I mean, it, depending on what kind of church prophetic culture you're in. People have done it bad in the past, and then when they've been tried, like people have tried to correct them, they didn't want to receive it, and then they go rogue. And so I get why people get worried about it, but that's because, like you said, a culture wasn't developed in the first place of accountability. And, you know, it says that we are all collectively supposed to weigh and judge prophecies. The, the spirit of the prophet is subject to to the other prophets. And so we should all, we are all a part of this. So if a prophetic person comes out and gives a word, such as a word as big as, you know, president Trump is going to win a second term. And if they're in uh, accountable relationships with people and they weighed those words, then every single person in that accountability circle is also responsible for that. It's not like, you know, oh yeah, that really resonates with me. Go go out and give that word. And then as soon as it is wrong, all of a sudden you're like, you know, you really should apologize for doing mm. getting that word wrong. And it's like, wait a minute, I thought we were all, we're all in this together. Like Good. we have we are all a body. And if one messes up, and it, as long as they're in a good relationship with us, then we all have to own it. But I, I do want to want to ask um, Pastor Eric what your thoughts, and you mentioned it a little bit, but what your thoughts about the people that are kind of going out, they're giving these apologies, they're saying they've missed it. But then you have the other side, which I'm kind of a part of this group because I prophesied the same thing too, because that's what I felt like I heard the Lord say. And I already have people that are 
you know, coming after me saying, you really need to apologize for this and being manipulative about it and kind of nasty. And I'm trying to tell them like, this is my process. Like I, I, you guys know me, you know, that I will hold myself accountable to this, but I'm also praying through it. And I'm also believing in faith that there's still a way out of this, you know, there's still something that God can come and do. So I just want to hear your thoughts about that balance. Like, when do you draw the line from, you know, I'm standing in faith and now I'm apologizing because I admit that I was wrong? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I think you kind of answered it with what you said. It's you're going through your process. Um, we're, I think we're all in process and understanding the prophetic and growing in faith and growing in when things the Lord has told us. And I guess it just depends on when you think it's really over. Is it too late? I guess that some of the brothers that I, I run with a little bit or have a relationship sure. with, they kind of think, uh, you know, I think now it's over. Uh, but I'm not going to fault anybody for hanging on, uh, you know, to believe in the Lord for anything. I know people who take this out of this arena and put it in a healing arena. There's people on death's door with cancer. And they're still believe. In fact, I, this happened to me recently. I had a friend who was uh, had uh, stage four pancreatic cancer, and was talking healing all the time and believing in healing. And it, her family wasn't saved, and they were going nuts. Can you keep her from talking about healing? Can you? She's gonna die, and she just can't grab that and understand uh-huh. that. And I said, Why would I do that? I, I'm gonna come alongside of her faith and encourage that. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not, you know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like, you know, sometimes we're like the Israelites on the Red Sea shore and it, it may not be looking good and suddenly the sea opens up. So I, I always want to leave room for that um, in my life and in other people's lives. And I don't want to be the, the person to squash somebody uh, and, and say, you're dumb for believing that, you know, I, you know, they'll, they'll come to that own conclusion and they'll, but like you said, it's, it's a process. Um, but I think it, it doesn't just apply here. It applies healing. It it applies, you know, things that God has called us to do. You know, how many people have been called crazy for, you want to do that? Mm -hmm. I was told I was crazy for coming to the city I'm in to pastor because someone said that's the place where churches go to die. Why would you want to plant a church there? It'd be better off if you were. So, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to throw a stone at anybody or say they're crazy for something they're believing in because I've been there. And uh, I know that our God, you know, wow. <laughs> At any moment, <laughs> he could do something. Yeah. Amen. So, Amen. Well, and it's interesting that we we kind of categorize the gifts of the Spirit, even though in Scripture we see people operating in multiple gifts all at the same time. Like, I can get a word of knowledge about a healing. I can prophesy the healing to them, and then they get healed. And I just operated in you know, three gifts, possibly even the gift of faith, a word of wisdom, all combined into one. And I've learned over the short years that I've been doing this, that the Holy Spirit, it's not like he just gives you one little package and says, all right, this is your gift. And this is the only thing that you're going to do. He comes and lives inside of you. And then these gifts begin to flow through you. And there is not a fine line between them. So why Do we go, we attack someone, like if I prayed for healing and they didn't get healing, I wouldn't have people on Facebook coming after me saying, oh, you're a false prophet. But if I 
give a prophetic word that doesn't come true, then all of a sudden I become a wolf in sheep's clothing. It's like, you're right. We hold this prophetic standard so much higher than everything else. And we really got to help people understand how to walk in this in a healthy way. And, and if people who are prophetic do a better job at communicating what's going on inside of them as they're giving words, then that the receiver will be a lot more forgiving instead of just going around saying, thus says the Lord, thus says the Lord. You, you explain your process, you share what's going on inside of you. And then when it doesn't come to pass, if it doesn't come to pass, people can kind of trace it back and say, oh, well, maybe there was a little bit of a misinterpretation with this, but I can see how it kind of played out. And it just, it, it helps all of us grow in this gifting together. And then, and that's the whole point of the fivefold ministry is so we can all grow together until we all look like Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's so good. I mean, the bottom line is, Curtis, and that's that's great what you just said, is we need each other. We yeah. need the body. Paul pointed this out. We all play a role in the body. We all have a part. We all have, uh, you know, the role that we play that God has given us. And how dare anybody look down on someone else's role and, and uh, you know, to discredit it or think it's not important. But we really need each other and uh, in, in the fivefold ministry that that really comes to bear how important uh, our brothers and sisters in unity in the body are together really Amen. are and I think that's that's it I think apostolic leaders apostle prophet evangelist pastor teachers have the collective wisdom of God the collective shepherding heart of God the collective visionary uh, uh, discernment of God. And that's why it is all five and just not one, because we have to hold each other accountable. And then the body sees how if the leaders grow and if the leaders are transparent, that they can they can grow and be transparent, too. So it begs the question. This this conversation is so rich. It is so good. And I hope those that are watching, uh, if you if you've just gotten on, this is our prophetic pulse update. And we're talking about prophecy and we're, we're, we're discussing the, the scripture from the Apostle Paul where he says, Des, despise not prophecies. Dude, don't despise it. And we're, we're, we're talking about uh, this prediction of the prophets uh, concerning President Trump. So it's been very rich. But it begs the question. Paul says, he says, hold fast to what is good when it comes to prophecy. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, that sounds like you. I, I want to learn how to pull from the prophetic. And I get prophesied over a lot. I'm sure you do, Eric. And I love it. I don't despise it. I mean, some people are so wrong, but I don't, I don't try. And my wife gets prophesied over and it's like, okay, well, all right. But what is the good part? And I just want to hear from you. And we've been talking about some good parts. Number one, obviously, if it happens, if the prophecy comes to pass, that's a good part. But also, if you learn from the prophecy, if God teaches you in it, if there's a lesson in it, if there's growth, if your faith grows, if your love for people grows, because that's all the heart of God. But I know you guys 
understand the prophetic very well. And Curtis, this question is for you. What are what is the good that Paul is talking about holding to and what should we avoid? Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about how, you know, a prophetic word comes to you and through you. And sometimes there's parts of you, whether good or bad, can kind of get intertwined with that. And so you have to be in relationship with people is always just the number one way to go. Because if I'm really close to someone and I understand their idiosyncrasies and I understand their personality, then I can hear a word from them and I can kind of pick apart, okay, I I think that might be kind of a little bit of frustration there that you're thrown into your prophetic word, but I know you're usually really, really spot on about this. And then you start puzzling them together. I mean, because the Lord will give different people different aspects of it. And so we have to listen to many prophets speaking at once. That's that's why the Apostle Paul gave such a wonderful wisdom or suggestion or whatever you call it to the Corinthians, because they obviously weren't doing it well. It was just kind of chaos. And he hmm. told them, everybody calm down, be patient. Let one prophesy, let's all judge it, let's all weigh it, and then we'll piece it all together and figure out what the Lord is saying. And the Lord, I mean, he speaks in such, he'll speak in such riddles, mm. and yet at the same time, he'll be very, very specific about things. And and I noticed with a lot of these prophetic words that came out about Trump being the president, it was kind of a conclusion that someone had based on what the Lord said. So like for me, I heard the Lord say it would be a landslide. And then I saw a vision of the United States, the entire state, the entire country being red. Now I could argue that that happened, right? I mean, you could, you could pull up an election map and you know, you just, it, the entire thing's red. You just have those tiny little spots where it's blue. The voter fraud, it would definitely be a right. lot more. Yeah. And I mean, that's when I look at it, I see a landslide. I see that there was something, it was corrupt about this. And based on all of the evidence that I have observed, we can bet that this was actually a landslide. So you can say, well, you were right. But at the same time, I said, President or Donald Trump would be the president. And so that's a conclusion I came to from what it is that I experienced. But I shared, and here's the thing, kind of like what I was saying earlier, I tried my best to share my entire process with people when I explained this. And then I expressed the conclusion that I came to from that. And so people can all of a sudden come out and say, well, you were wrong about one thing, but we got to know the whole story. Oh my goodness. There we go. Uh -oh. Everything I was just saying, everyone just <laughs> forgot about. That's the show, Steve, right there, Grandpa. Bro, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> yeah, that's, Isn't you know, that's important, I think, is, you know, when you're talking about what is the good, keeping what is good, I think that requires a level of intimacy with the Lord in the hearer's life. Because there's, it's really hard to know what the voice of the Lord sounds like and what sounds like Him if you're not hearing it in yourself. 
Like if somebody had come to me with something outlandish and said, your wife just said, blah, blah, blah. I would stop and say, that doesn't sound like Julie. You know, yeah. I'm intimate with her. I know her really well. And I don't think Julie would say that. So I, I think the first thing with, with keeping what's good and discerning what's good is in the, in the hearer's heart, having that level of intimacy and relationship with the Lord uh, that causes you to be able to identify what the Lord's voice is. And then I think the other part of that is, is, you know, that be, being able to, through that, being able to discern uh, when it's flesh or it's someone's desire, or sometimes we, you know, we, I practice this myself. Sometimes I'll, I'll get a, a word picture and I'm always careful not to give the conclusion of what I think it means. I think sometimes I can get myself in trouble by trying to uh, give the full story when I just have a piece of it. So I think that's also part of uh, discerning prophetic words is making sure that I am not jumping ahead in the timeline. And, you know, because the Lord showed me this, I don't want to assume that, if that makes sense. But I think it's got to start with intimacy, Brother Randy. Um, if we're going to discern the good as hearers, if we hear a prophetic word, if we don't have intimacy with the Lord's voice ourselves, we're not going to be able to identify the Lord's voice. So good. So good, brethren. So let's do this. You know, tomorrow is Sunday morning. Uh, you're going to be having worship, um, and we're going to be worshiping the Lord. Uh, many, many of God's people are going to be assembling uh, either online or in person all over this tri-state area, Dayton area. And our people in particular, I know our people are not struggling necessarily uh, with all of this because we have a lot of mature believers. I'm sure you do too. In fact, I know you do. I've been up there to preach. But let's pray because I know that there are people that are hurting about this. You know, they love President Trump. They certainly don't want to see a socialist uh, Marxist regime in the White House and uh, people that believe in killing babies and open borders and everything else. Um, it's the saddest thing. And, and they hate God. Uh, they're atheists by and large. Um, and uh, they don't want any part of the Christian church or message. And it is a very devastating hour for people who care deeply, patriots who care deeply like myself about our nation. And but God, but God. And so I just want to start prayer. Uh, and I want you guys to pray as well as you, as you feel that. And those of you that are watching, listen, or you'll watch later, the things that have been said today will comfort your heart. Don't get critical. Never get critical. God is a God of love. He's a God of forgiveness, but he's also a God of the prophetic. He brings to pass things that in, in his time, by the way, um, that uh, we cannot, and it's got to be God. This is a Red Sea moment anyway, and there's a lot of things happening in our country right now, a lot of betrayal, a lot of treachery. They say it's on Trump's part, but it's not, obviously. He's doing everything by the Constitution and lawfully. And I'm telling you, there's some things happening that we're not aware of that I believe we're going to see very, very soon. So, but let's pray, uh, guys, and let's honor the Holy Spirit. And if you have a word, let's let's prophesy. Uh, but Father, I just thank you right now 
corre vedisi parrosso tavarronde vedikishi parrosso tarabarronde vedisi parrosso tak thank you holy spirit I thank you for revelation. I thank you for third heaven knowledge. I thank you that we're seated with you, Jesus. I thank you that you've given us ears to hear you, eyes to see, Lord. You said that those that are born again see the kingdom of God. It is our birthright to see in the things of the spirit, to see the kingdom of God and all that you're doing and all that you're about, God. So let us not think that it's hard or strange or something afar off. Help the people to understand, Lord, that they have a discernment beyond this world because of the anointing of the Spirit of God, that they are able to discern all things. So, Father, I pray right now that you would just comfort your people concerning the prophetic, that they would never doubt you concerning the prophetic, nor would they doubt the Holy Spirit's activity and, and certainly not the gift. So God, let your grace be upon your people now. And we will not finger point. We will not blame. We will not act sanctimonious as if we could never make a mistake. But Lord, we we operate under a heart of grace, 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 and a heart of love, love, love. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead, guys, pray. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Lord, I just thank you for the gift of prophecy. We celebrate that gift. We will not despise that gift, but we will celebrate it and we will pursue it and we will do it in grace towards others and towards ourselves. Jesus, I just, I don't know what I would do without it. Lord, mm. if I didn't have that gift of you coming and speaking to us about what the future holds, I don't know how I would live without it. And so, Lord, I just mm. thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit and that thank we have you, access to every single thing that the Holy Spirit has mm. for us. And so we just celebrate that, Lord. Lord, we love you. We bless you. God, I thank you that even when we get it wrong, you as a father look down on us and you're pleased that we even tried. That, that mm. even if we just totally screwed it up, even if we missed the ball, you will clap and cheer us on anyway. And Lord, I ask that you would just Hallelujah. pour that same love, that fatherly love mm. that celebrates other people, even if they fail. God, I ask that you just pour that into your body right mm. now in the name of Jesus, that yeah. we all would be able to come around people and just celebrate them for trying to serve the Lord as best as they can. Thank you, Father. So I just release grace over to over every single person watching, whether you were someone that prophesied something or you were someone that agreed with the prophet and you feel like that is not coming to pass. One, I just encourage you to really dig in and look. And if it is not over, it's not over. And the Lord 
will give you boldness to continue to believe in words all the way up until that final moment. But if that moment has passed, I just release grace over you right now in the name of Jesus that you would you would experience the Lord's celebration and mercy and grace that he would come and speak to you clearly. He would, he would explain what you got right and what you got wrong and that you would continue on this journey in the prophetic of learning how to hear God's voice and how to interpret it to the world around you. So we just bless every single viewer watching in the name of Jesus. Pastor Eric. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just, I ask that every every viewer right now, God, would just grow in their hunger to grow mm. prophetic giftings in the name of Jesus. Father yeah. God, I just come against every false prophetic voice that would try to stifle uh, the speaking of your Holy Spirit in people's hearts and, and lives, Lord. Mm. I pray, Lord Jesus, that there be a stirring in the body of Christ. I pray, Lord Jesus, that there be a, a new hunger for Jesus. I pray there'd be a new love for Jesus. I pray there'd be a new love, God, to go deeper in you and to hear your voice, Lord, and not to get hung up on what the world is saying or who did what. But God, we zero in on the power of your Holy Spirit and, and, and the anointing of the precious Holy Spirit, God. I pray that we would just let that that hunger grow. God, I pray for those that have maybe despised prophetic words or who have who have looked with disdain on, on, on different ones for whatever reason. God, I pray we'll just look past that for a second and we would just keep our eyes on you. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would grow in this gifting. I pray, God, we'd grow simply in our ability to hear your voice in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father God, we want the true word of the Lord. God, we want to hear clearly your voice. And God, I think that comes into play, God. We need each other. We need the godly friends around us. We need the body of Christ, God. We don't need any armchair quarterback sitting back and dropping criticism bombs. But God, we need to link arms as the body of Christ. And we need to dive deeper in your depths and in your glory and your greatness, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that just simply a hunger would be stirred for more of you, Lord, more Thank of your presence, Jesus. more of your glory. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Lord, you, Jesus, you said that your sheep hear your voice. God, we want to hear your voice. We want to hear it correctly. Lord, yes. may we grow in that in the name yes. of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 I want to thank you for watching. I see... Yeah, Tammy, you said, Father, we are created to hear you. Thank you. And we are. We're created to hear God. We're created to love the Lord. Thank you, Rodney, for watching. Thank you for Melissa, Katrina, and uh, so many others watching, Kim. So thank you for just being with us tonight. Be sure now uh, to be in church tomorrow. Uh, at Life Church, we have 9:30 intercession in the sanctuary, 10:30 worship service. Um, at Destiny Church, you you all start at 10:30 as well, right? Start at 10:30, yes, sir. Amen. That's in Dayton. And um, Eric, you've written a couple books. Uh, do you have those handy to show people where they can get them? I don't, <laughs> but they are available on Amazon. Uh, one of the books I think it's germane, especially to our topic tonight, is called The God Card. 
and mm, oh, that's so good. grow in the hearing of the Lord. Um, and you search the God card, Eric Smith on Amazon uh, and Kindle, you can grab it. Uh, but it's uh, it, it just walks through some things. And I cover actually some of the Old Testament scripture that I talked about tonight. I cover that a little bit because uh, it's all about growing in our hearing and hearing the Lord correctly. So uh, that's something I'd, I'd recommend if you're interested. The God card, that that's an interesting topic, uh, title, because some people use the God card as an excuse. Well, let yeah. me pray about it. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. No. How often is that really the Lord? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, me okay. and my me and my wife have a rule that we we basically get to use the God card once a year. Where it's like, <laughs> no, honey, I'm one hundred percent certain this is God, and we have to do it. You only get that like once a year, so you only get it. You I don't only... even think we've ever even used it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, look, if some of you are watching. Um, uh, later, after we go off the air and it's on YouTube, or maybe you're watching now and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, let me encourage you. Or maybe you feel a little distant from God, or you just haven't served him like you know he deserves and loved him like you know you want to love him. Let's recommit right now. Let me lead you in a short prayer and just say this after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. And fill me with your spirit. I do believe in you. I believe you're the son of God. That you died on the cross. That you rose again. And that you ascended into heaven and sent your Holy Spirit. Come in, Holy Spirit. Come into my heart. Show me Jesus. Give me power to live for him. And I pray this. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. <clears throat> now, amen. I do this quite often. Don't forget, read your Bible. Read it. Love it. We're in. We're reading one chapter a day. Uh, this is the eighth chapter of the Gospel of John that we're in today. We started the Gospel of John. Read your Bible, okay? Buy these wonderful devotionals. Buy Eric's book. Yeah. I do have That's that in the, my Bible. Okay. We love you all. Curtis, you have anything you want to take us out, brother? Well, I just want to thank you, Pastor Eric, for joining us. Yeah. I've just... How about I, a clap was, track? Get oh, that yeah. <laughs> Woo! I just love just the spirit that you carry, and uh, everything you've said has just become an encouragement, even more to me, in this crazy time. So thank you. Thank you for joining us and can't wait to have you back. Thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah. So we just bless everyone watching. Remember, you must celebrate. Celebrate. Wait, wait for it. We're celebrating the Lord this year. There is no reason why you should be celebrating God. Promises and victory. So we just bless everyone with a celebration in this season. Woo! Let discouragement come in and destroy your life. That's what it's trying to do. You need to stand firm in the victory of the Lord and joy in the Holy Ghost. So thank you all for watching. I love you. 
and we will see you on Monday night here at 7 p.m. Yeah, we love you all. Have a good night.